Good morning, everyone. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 5 this morning. Now, before we come to our text this morning, just a note. I know that several of you have noticed that we have some new uh, pyramids here at the church this morning. They've changed to purple. Uh, this is a little bit of a, of a change, actually going back to a historic practice within the church that visually marks the changing of the seasons in the Christian calendar. These colors point out to us as we move into a season like Advent or Lent or the Christmas season or into the Easter season. So since we've been doing this, you've seen red at Reformation Sunday, then green, which is called Ordinary Time, and then to purple, which marks the coming of Advent. If you have more questions about what they mean and the symbols on them, feel free to come to the office and ask or send me an email. Now, as we begin Advent and the Advent season... The question that I want to answer, that I want you to have in your own heart is, what does it look like when the Lord comes? This morning begins the Advent season in which we celebrate with joy the first Advent, the first coming of the Lord at His birth. And we look forward in hope to the second coming, the second Advent of Christ when He returns to make all things New. In the Word of God, we see a particular image that is used to illustrate to us what happens when the Lord comes. And this image is that of light shining in the darkness. Prior to the coming of the Lord, there is darkness, yet after the darkness comes light. At the birth of Christ, the appearing of a star marks the entrance of Christ into the world. John 1, 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The season of Advent takes place during the darkest days of the year, yet the light of Christ shines forth to show that though there is darkness now, The Lord is coming, and at His coming there will be light. In the same way, the second advent of Christ is described as the coming of light. In 2 Peter, we read, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises or as Jesus says in Luke 17 of his own coming for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other so will the son of man be in the day of his coming if you're here this morning I imagine that you want something more from this advent season than a mere outward celebration You want something more than outward decorations and light. 
You want something more than mere traditions. I imagine that you want to know and you want to experience in your own life the power of Christ's coming in your life. You desire to know His presence in your family, in your neighborhood, and even in our community. So again, the question, what does it look like when the Lord comes? What happens? Over the next several weeks of Advent, we will look to passages of Scripture that speak of this phenomenon of light shining in the darkness. That we too might experience the life and the light which Christ brings at His coming. This morning we begin in Genesis 1. A very familiar passage, but one that teaches us much about the place of light in God's creation. And how we might know the dawning of His presence in our own lives. So hear now the word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness He called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This is God's holy word for us, His people. Let us pray. Father, we pray... We call out to You, for Your Word is a lamp to our feet. It is a light to our path. The unfolding of Your Word gives light. It imparts understanding to us. And so we pray, O God, that You would shine forth Your light as we come to Your Word, that the darkness may be pierced, and that the day may ever shine brightly. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. So why was light the first of God's creative commands? As we look at the first three verses of Genesis 1, we see that the initial creative act of God brought into existence a world that was without form and void and there was darkness. Yet verse 3 shows us that after the initial darkness and confusion of verse 2, there was light. Again, verses 2 and 3, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. By sheer verbal command, the Lord brings light out of the darkness. He speaks and it comes about. And it is no random act that the Lord first created light. For in this created world of the Lord's, light serves to reveal to all of creation the nature and the glory of God Himself. 
And so we read in Psalm 19 of the heavenly lights, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You see, when the Lord appears throughout scripture, he comes consistently as an emanation of light. To Abraham, he appeared as a flaming torch. To Moses, a burning bush. To the people of Israel, a fiery pillar. Isaiah says to the people of Israel while they are in exile, the light of Israel will become a fire and His Holy One a flame. The Lord Jesus Himself describes Himself as the light of the world. We read in 1 Timothy 6 that God dwells in unapproachable light. And in 1 John 1, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. You see, there is something about the nature and the quality of light that reveals to us truth about the nature of God Himself. The beauty of light tells us of God's beauty. Its radiance speaks of God's radiance. Its warmth, its protection tells us of God's love and protection of His people. Light brings with it truth and understanding just as God Himself is truth and full of wisdom. Its purity and simplicity speaks to us of the absolute holiness and purity of God Himself. Therefore, the first command of God that Scripture records is the command that light would shine forth from the darkness. That the nature of the glory of God would be clear to see for all the creation that would follow. As Pastor Brett reminded us in the children's sermon, it's very common for children to fear the dark. I think everyone with children have had the experience of the nighttime pleading to please leave the light on. The dark is scary. Recently, I read about a father who was trying to help his young daughter through her fear of the dark. Apparently, she had been sneaking out of bed each night, coming into the hallway and flipping the light on. The father was explaining to his daughter that she was not allowed to get out of bed at night and turn this light on. She was to leave the light alone. And so one night, this father heard his daughter get up out of bed and heard her little feet padding down the hallway to turn on the light. And he thought, I'm going to catch her red-handed. And so he snuck into the hallway and as she turned the corner... Something very unexpected happened. She froze. She didn't turn the light on. For she was frozen with fear that the very monster of the darkness was standing before her. A shadowy figure was there before her and she could do nothing but begin to cry. So what did the father do? Well, he turned the light on. Why? So that she could see that he was no monster. So that she could see that, that it was her father. That he was there to love her and to protect her. To turn on the light to show to his daughter that it was just him. That there was nothing to fear. 
that he was not a monster. The darkness is scary. It leaves us in ignorance and fear. Sin itself is described as the works of darkness. And therefore, God's first creative act was to turn on the light. Was to reveal to all the world the nature of His own glory and love and protection for the creation He was making. That in His light we might see His glory. For when the Lord comes, He comes as a light shining in the darkness, bringing to us a knowledge of His own glory. For light comes first as a revelation of God's glory, of His nature, of His truth, of His beauty, of His love for His creation. The next thing that we learn from our text is that light comes as a revelation of God's joy. Look at verse 4. There we read, And God saw that the light was good. There's something about creating that brings joy to the Creator. I love to make a tasty dinner for my family. It makes me happy to see them enjoy this food that I have in some way put together and created. Kids love to make little crafts and show them off. I'm sure all of you have seen the macaroni necklaces and the drawings and the paintings that they bring home. And they're so proud of the work that they have created. You paint a picture You finish mowing the lawn. You get Christmas decorations up with the inflatable snowman and the laser lights. You write an outstanding sales report. You argue the case. You write a good paper. Whatever you work at and do a good job at, when you are done, there is nothing like looking at what you have accomplished and with a feeling of joy, look at your work and say, it is good. And when the Lord looked at the light that He had created, the light that revealed the nature of His own glory, He stood back and He said, it is good. Light brings pleasure to God because it is a revelation of His own glory. It is reflective of who He is in Himself. And because the nature and the character of God are good, all that is reflective of His nature is good. And it brings Him pleasure to see His glory. We must understand this truth. The reason. The highest purpose for which God created this world and in particular created light is for the display and the proclamation of His own glory and beauty and worth. God did not make creation because there was something lacking in Himself, but rather He spoke forth creation as an overflow of His own glory. He did not speak creation into being because He needed something. He didn't need anything. Creation exists as an outward expression of the glory of God so that the Lord might behold His own glory, His own light, His own beauty and say, it 
is good. And until you understand this truth, you will not understand your own purpose in this world. For you were created for this very same purpose, to be an outward manifestation of the glory of God. God created man in His own image so that man might see the light of His glory. He might behold the splendor of His majesty. He might taste the goodness of God's being. He might feel the warmth of His presence and the security of His care. That we might live in the light of the countenance of God and in the very depths of who we are. In the very depths of our being, we might see the light and we might say, it is good. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, number one. It might be the only one you know, but it's a good one to know. So be proud if you know this one. What is the chief end of man? What's our purpose? Man's chief end is to... And to... Amen. How do you do that? How do you fulfill your purpose? You love and you take pleasure in the light as a manifestation of the glory of God. You glorify God by loving and taking pleasure and in pursuing that which is reflective of the nature of God. You love the light as God loved the light. But the Scriptures teach us that when light was revealed in Christ, instead of loving it, men love the darkness. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light. By our sin and brokenness, when light shone in the darkness, we preferred the darkness, the fear, the ignorance, the sin, the blindness. We loved what was contrary to the glory of God. Would you know the presence of God this Advent season? Then love what God loves. Take joy in what God deems is good. Turn from the darkness and love the light. Love God. Love all that is reflective of His glory. Love His Word as a light unto your path. Love His Son as the light of the world and the radiance of His glory. Love the church and her people as those who are called to be the lights of the world. As we set up our Christmas tree this past week, we had to move this potted plant that I got for Christmas last year. And when we moved it, I noticed that it had grown unevenly. As you could guess, it was in a corner and it grew towards the light. It grew towards the window. And so we had to, when we moved it, move it to another corner or it would fall over. What a picture of what it means to love the light. What a picture of what it means to see the light of God dawning in your life. Light is what God loves because it's an expression of His own glory. Therefore, if we would know, if we would recognize the coming of God this Advent season, what it will look like is the transformation of what we love and what we pursue, what we lean towards and what we grow towards in our own lives. 
For we will turn from the darkness and we will grow in our love for the light of God. That is what it looks like to see the Lord come into your life. For light reveals to us the glory of God. Light reveals to us God's desire, His joy. And the final thing I want us to see in our text this morning is that light reveals to us God's redemption. There is something unique that sticks out to me, is different in the creation narrative. I'm sure that you've run across this or noticed this at some point. Something that goes against our natural experience of time. If you look at verse 5, there we read, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And this is what I want you to pay attention to here particularly. It says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now I think that most of us would divide our days morning to evening, right? The day begins with light. It ends in darkness. When do you start your day? You start your day when the sun comes up. When do you end your day? Well, you end it when the sun goes down. But this passage goes against our natural perception of time. Yet I would argue that the Lord has done this. He has inspired this passage of Scripture in this way to teach us something about the future redemption that He is bringing to this world. I believe that God is moving to transform His people's perception of time to be quite different from the rest of the world. For He is revealing to us that light did not enter this world at its zenith, at its height, but rather that light has come into this world to ever go forward. That is, light is meant to ever grow until the time when it will reach the noon meridian and never set into evening. For those who are in Christ, those who know the light of the glory of God, are ever set with their faces towards a day that is eternal. Evening is ever behind them. And the rising of the sun of righteousness is continually growing towards greater fullness. Theologian R.A. Finlayson has noted that God in His creation works in an ordered sequence of events. That there is logic to the development of life. And within the order of God's creation, Light is the harbinger of all life upon the earth. For as long as darkness lay over the earth, there was nothing but void and formless desolation. Yet when light burst forth from the darkness, life dawned upon the earth. The grass and the fields. The beasts of the plains, the trees and the forests, the fish of the sea, and finally man came forth, but not until the light of God's glory shined upon His creation. And in the same manner, the darkness of sin has shrouded our own hearts in death. 
our eyes have been blinded by our own corruption and rebellion against God. For God's Word tells us that we were spiritually dead apart from Christ. And as long as we are ignorant and blind of the gospel, as long as we remain blinded of our need for Christ, of our need for His blood, for the forgiveness that He gives to us, we remain in darkness and there is no life within us. But when the light of the gospel shines into our hearts, when the morning dawns and faith in Christ rises up in our very heart, then we will experience the light of life. The holiday season can be a very dark time for many of us. It can become emotionally dark. We can be overwhelmed by the remembrance of a loss of loved ones. We can feel the hardship of strained family relationships. Christmas is the hardest time to be struggling with your marriage, to be struggling and straining with a wayward wayward child. The expectation to be filled with joy when you are overrun with sorrow can be almost too much. This season can also bring out some of the darkest sins in our own lives. We can easily give in to greed, and selfishness, and consumerism. We can begin to love the world and its gifts more than we love Christ and His dawning. The coming of God in our lives will not be marked by greater amounts of consumption and vanity, but rather we will know the coming of Christ through a greater love of His glory. For God's Word is telling us that the future is not darkness, The sun of righteousness will never set. How do you know the coming of the Lord this Advent season? It it is as the shining of the sun for the first time upon the earth. For sin has brought to all men a love of the darkness. But Advent, the coming of God, makes itself known in a new life that pulsates with love of the glory of God. That is a life that has forever left the darkness of evening behind and is facing the light of morning, the dawn of an eternal day. On the wall within the church of St. Pierre in Geneva is written the phrase in Latin, and I am no Latin scholar, so if I say this wrong, all you New Covenant folks, you can let me know. Post tenenbra lux. It means, after darkness, light. St. Pierre is the church where John Calvin led the Reformation movement of his generation. And it was this phrase that he used to describe what was happening within the church of his generation. For centuries, the people of God had dwelt in darkness, ignorance of God's word and of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But God, by His grace, caused a great revival to spring forth. One in which the light of Christ shone forth through the preaching of His Word. Post tenenbras, Luke's. After darkness, light. 
This is the pattern that the Lord has established since creation. The pattern of His coming. After darkness, light. And you might have come this morning in deep darkness. Not knowing if the coming of God is as the coming of a monster in the dark or the coming of a loving Father who has come to bring you into His loving embrace. Would you know the love and the light of the coming of the Lord this Advent season? Then turn from the works of darkness and in faith look toward the light of Christ. Would you know His glory? Would you love His glory? Then the evening of sin and death will be no more. And a new morning will dawn with the rising of the sun to everlasting light. For after darkness, light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. How precious is Your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of Your wings. They feast on the abundance of Your house and You give them drink from the river of Your delights. For with You is the fountain of life and in Your light do we see light. This morning, this Advent season, O God, speak forth into the darkness of our own lives the light of Christ, that we might ever have our back towards the evening and look towards the eternal day. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.